Hello everyone and welcome to the 39th episode of the OrcaCast. Today with me, Lord Val Gaming. Hi. And Bam Bam. Hello. We are talking about amazing things like Little Nightmares 2. We are talking about Persona 5 Strikers and we are talking about Avengers. Marvel Avengers. Yeah, the thing I always forget about. <laughs> Best game ever. Yeah, best game ever. Hashtag, hashtag, that is game ever as well. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go. Little Nightmares 2. What is Little Nightmares 2, you might ask, or not? I don't know. If you have played the predecessor, you are probably very well aware with Little Nightmares. It's a 2.5D jump and run atmospheric horror game, I guess. It's probably the best way to describe it. Very low on gameplay mechanics, very high in atmosphere. I think what the game does really well is it tries to show and emphasize horror scenarios from the daily life of a child, like going to a hospital or getting lost in the wilderness or getting bullied at school. And I think what this game does, it does it really well. You can soak up the atmosphere. Yeah, it's been out for a while. I have it played around four hours. Bam Bam would probably say, I will, I'm too slow. You can finish that thing in one hour. Or how long was it? Bum bum. Yeah, the world record at the moment, I think, is like one hour and 15 or 17 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, but but you have to speedrun it. If you if you have played the predecessor in Little Nightmares one, it's not all that much different from that one. So it's basically the same mechanic, same whatever you want to do there. It, obviously, it has new scenarios, a new story to tell. Um, but that's about it. I like it. It's it's not a masterpiece by any stretches of the imagination, but I like it well enough. Let's put it that way. It's it has some things I dislike. It has more things that I like. But what's the good and what's the bad? The bad one is like I said, it's very light on gameplay. It's for example, if you have the combat or if there is a combat a combat section, it essentially boils down to a quick time event. Okay. It's not really a quick time event or communicated as a quick time event, but it's basically one hit kills for you and the enemy. And you have to just press the button at the right time. There's a little bit of a leeway there. That's how combat turns out. There are some stealth, stealth sections. Yep. Where you have to sneak around, but they are also very obvious what to do. There's something where you need to react fast and hide, for example, because the monster comes in. It works all well, and it does like it takes bits and pieces from other horror games, uh -huh. um, like hiding or, like I said, stealth or a little bit of combat. But it's all very simple, simplified, and all very, <clears throat> let's say, beginner friendly, which is not a bad thing for me. It's not enough. I'm gonna put it that way. I long for a little bit more. Yeah, it's. I guess it's not engaging enough. There is enough to keep you entertained, but it doesn't really engage you on like a mechanical level. What I like about it is it actually, when it comes to horror games, I'm horror games are very hard to do. And a lot of horror games just rely on cheap jump scares, for example, to get you frightened. I do actually appreciate and recommend... Uh, reckon that the game Little Nightmares 2 doesn't go for that and it actually tries to build atmosphere. It tries to give you uh, the creeps. It tries to build 
up to stuff like in the school level they are building up to the teacher and what the teacher actually can do uh-huh. I, I think this is the way to go when it comes to horror it, they don't show everything right away they do show you a lot of stuff first in not directly but at one point they're coming out swinging what? makes sense mm-hmm. and like i said the the other thing i really like is how or what inspired their horror these daily things a kid experiences a child experiences through the lens of horror and how a child could perceive it as being horrifying that's really quite interesting yeah. So basically, if if you're a child, I can personally imagine that a visit to the hospital that that terrifies you, that your mind or your fantasy goes rampant, your imagination goes rampant, that it would look like this in your in your imagination, the hospital level. That that's my that's the one thing I really like about it. So it's something that. They do very, very well. And that's the one thing that works for me in this game and that keeps me playing. Because I want to see what they do next. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Pricing-wise... 30 30 euros. 30 euros without the season pass and 40 euros with the season pass. Like... Platforms is available for... Everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Cool. And I think if you're unsure if you like the game, the first one is on Game Pass. You can play it for free. If you have Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. Yep. And then you can gauge, oh, I like this, or no, I don't like this, and then maybe invest in the second part. Awesome. Yeah. Just be aware, right. like I said, there is little difference in terms of gameplay from the first to the second part, but that's okay. I recommend it. Thumbs up. Let's move on to Persona 5 Strikers. Um, Persona 5 Strikers is a game. It's a spin-off of the Persona 5 uh, game. And it's in a way, it's a direct sequel to the story of the original Persona game. Uh, Persona 5 game, it's not a sequel to the Persona 5 Royale, since uh, the new characters from the Royale version are missing, and instead it adds a couple of its own new characters. And it's a spin-off made in collab with uh, Tecmo Kuei, uh, Muso team that does all the Muso games or Dynasty Warriors, uh, Sengoku Basara, the Samurai Warriors game. And yeah, it plays much like you'd expect from a spin off like that, say, like uh, they did with uh, Hyrule Heroes for Legend of Zelda. So they take the characters and some of the mechanics from the core game and plant them into a Muso game, which is hero characters fighting against swaths of enemies. And here they do it through reintroducing the personas. Personas are essentially your weapons. You use them to use skills, passive abilities, stuff like that. Like in a normal Persona game, just it's a real-time action game instead of a turn-based RPG. And there's some weird clash between the systems because I don't feel like they did enough balancing of the RPG with the action game. So sometimes, especially with the status effects, you usually get knocked down on your butt and you just sit on the ground for an arbitrary amount of time while the enemy is free to wail at you. And that reminds think- me, excuse me, yeah. Bam Bam, that actually reminds me kind of like, it's very frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Monster Hunter. No, it's not. No? It's even worse. Monster Hunter, you get knocked out if you're bad. Here is just like straight up bad hitboxes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm referring to the actual feeling of yourself as a player where it's very, you feel really, like it's very frustrating, isn't it? When you like can 
get back up. And they, yeah. I don't know why they, do, they use that method. That's kind of annoying, in my opinion. I don't know. No, that might it, be like, the it's, different it's, culture, no. isn't it? Maybe on gaming. No, 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 no. It's it's like it's a fine it's a fine aspect. It just needs to be balanced. And in Monster Hunter, it works because a you can mitigate with skills, and b usually like if you're good enough, it just doesn't happen to you. Here, it just uh, because essentially, as far as I have gone with my testing, like. You have a, essentially a dodge, yeah. but it seems it feels like the dodge essentially doesn't have any or has very little invincibility frames. Uh -huh. So essentially, you're vulnerable all the way as you're dashing. So even if you get essentially hit while you're doing the dash, you might still get stunned while you're trying to get away from danger. And I th think because of the like the volume of the enemies and the size of the area of effect on some of those. Uh, attacks uh -huh. it just doesn't feel fair but yeah i think that's but then again that's like a common thing with most of the muso games and especially the spin-offs that they don't really do too good a job balancing the mechanics to incorporate the mechanics of the muso games and the mechanics of the core game from which they take the stuff so here it's persona and it's rpg okay uh, stuff um so they take a couple of spins as well on the core themes from Persona 5. So here, instead of palaces that are built around like a warped personality of the essentially the villain or the the antagonist of that chapter of the game, here they have what they call jails or prisons where that you have to break into. And it, it's, it takes a bit more prep because uh, usually each prison has several different stages that you have to complete before you can get into the uh, main part and fight the main boss of the chapter. So it feels like essentially if you were uh, like a dinosaur game, you would capture smaller bases on the map around and then you can go for the main castle. So you're essentially doing that just here. It's uh, recon uh, there's different context for it as uh, in prison. But what I like, there's stuff like with the j uh, prisons that comes up as well is like palaces in the original game they would disappear after you finish them and here they stay after you finish them and given it started its life as a, as a switch game which is essentially a portable game it feels like i'm i still haven't finished it but at the same time i feel like i'm far enough to get this feeling that once the like next bit a story beat hits i'm gonna have to redo all the jails over again they're just gonna reuse them or at least i'm getting the idea so it feels like there is the, the designs are varied in between but i feel like they're just gonna become repetitive because the game's gonna force me go through all of them again but at the same time i'm enjoying a lot of the stuff that as it comes up especially the story the new characters are great i like that they don't have since they don't have to reintroduce the characters from the previous game so they all act like essentially the phantom thief from the end of persona 5 so you get pretty much the best bits of their character right away you don't have to slog through the really through the essentially the visual novel part of the og persona 5 and that's another thing uh there is essentially no uh visual part uh visual novel part to persona 5 strikers it's a very much a story driven uh, action game where the RPG aspects are sort of limited or have only marginal effects. Essentially, the, the effect is your numbers go bigger. Like your numbers, but what do you mean yeah. by your numbers go bigger? Because it's an RPG, so your HP, your SP, your strength, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like that goes bigger. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and yeah, and like 
it feels a bit disheartening because Persona 5, like, yes, you can play it disregarding much of the depth of the, of the system when it comes uh -huh. to especially dealing with the Personas here. But like, if you engage with it, it's super rewarding because you can, you know, make yourself either OP or make interesting builds or challenge yourself doing like themed builds or whatever. Here, essentially, it doesn't have that because mainly I think the number of Personas you can use Personas essentially like your weapon slash summons that you use to uh, use skills like magic or physical skills. They essentially, I think, slash the number of overall personas like one third or maybe even less from the or original persona, not even not counting Royale because Royale added so many of them. And yeah, so that's that's one other issue. It feels super cut down and it's obvious they have been cutting a lot of corners but at the same time i feel like there is a lot of heart especially from the writing team because the story is super great the new characters are extremely fun especially sophia the she's introduced really early she's an obvious plot twist in the making and i'm not even mad because like her dialogue alone and the jokes they have her deliver are so much fun especially in conjunction with the characters from the original Persona 5. So mm -hmm. it works, especially in that regard. Like if you're in it just for the story, you can just turn down the difficulty to essentially zero to the story difficulty, breeze through the game, enjoy it as a nice, just like a, I don't know, like 20 hour anime and get on with your life. And I think that's the best, best thing the game has going for it is the story. It's a, it's a really cool, almost a road trip story where you go across Japan solving this mystery with those characters too and all the character moments that arise from that. I think the villains I've seen so far are not interesting all that much, but what carries me really through the game is actually the characters from the Persona 5 game and how they essentially developed over the time they have not been together and how they interact on this trip which puts them into, you know, zany situation. Okay. That's fun. Another great aspect is the soundtrack. They have a couple of new tracks. The one that was premiered at the Game Awards, the redone last surprise is it's an absolute banger it's one of the best tracks out there i've heard so far this year yeah so i would say it's a really mixed bag there's a lot to like there's a lot to not like and given a price tag which on pc is almost 60 quid i think it's like 55 quid on pc yeah i think it's it's a hard sell to me obviously people seem to really buy into it because it's a it's the only persona 5 product that you can get on pc at the moment so i can get why they buy uh why it's popular and people seem to like it i just think that there could have been so much more done with this especially with the concept of action persona game i mean um just to to go in there real quickly yes there could have been done more and i agree with you but on the other hand sometimes you just have to say it's better than nothing in a good way not in the in a funny way i agree with that i guess you could say they could have been doing more but on the other hand if you imagine how much games the Muso team actually cranks out i mean they 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 work from a template completely and i i do think that they are just as formulaic as something like activision with call of duty they are probably more cost efficient though yeah for sure but i think if if you just look at what the Muso team did and where they are going i think this is one of their better efforts oh yeah definitely um i would say i i liked it more than hyrule warriors i'm gonna say that just because it's a i think they do better job integrating story into the gameplay 
I think uh, they had some help there with integrating the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's one of the... And I think the... that helped. And um, the Zelda story has never been really all that, in quotations, strong. It is a very basic story that is very well told. But Zelda was never so much about the story. So, and Atlas, I think, if I gauge this correctly, was very interested that the story is done. Oh, yeah. Especially because I think it's... it's is really pretty much the only real direct sequel they made ever and i think they just wanted to st if they're i think they wanted to essentially use it as an exercise as well to see yeah. if people would be interested in direct sequels to game of because course for that sequel to persona 3 right persona 3 2 I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I just want to know how it ends. What I still want is like a direct sequel to Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. That, that would be yeah. swell. I mean, I, I could still buy the reward, the absurd price they are asking. Yeah, that, that seems to be the the pattern for Atlas now. Overpricing yeah. remasters. I mean, I, I, I love, I love. Okay, let's go back to Strikers. So, Bam Bam, if you... If you just look at the whole package, thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah, somewhere in the middle. I'm torn because I'm I'm a giant. Like I love Shin Megami Tensei as a series and the Persona games, which pretty much has become a standalone series as well on its own. Yes, like those are amazing games, and I love the story. And some of the gameplay is fun. Like they still try to integrate some of the thieving stuff, like stealth from uh, I, I'm not sure it was too heavily in the original Persona game, Persona 5, but it was more pronounced in uh, the Royale version. So yeah, they tried to do some things with it, but at the same time, there is, I think, it's a big hit and miss. And if you're going in for the gameplay, I'd say no. If you're a big Persona 5 nut and you just want to see more of the characters, I'd say yes. I would say, though, just wait for like a half-off sale. Okay, that's fair. Val is just staring blankly at his I'm, dead I'm eyes. <laughs> what you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to what you're saying. I was gonna ask the same thing, you know, like pricing wise and you know platforms. Uh, you know that Persona Five Strikers is on PC, PlayStation, and PS4 and PC. Yeah, uh, yeah I think also. you can pretty much get the cheapest you can get. It probably is either Switch or PS4. I think Do PS4... we have any idea of on, on when it's gonna be available on? Uh, Xbox, for example? Never. 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 It's an exclusive. It, uh, because I think most of the personal games are actually either only on Sony or some of yeah. them are on Nintendo devices. Uh -huh. then, then so, I don't think there ever was a, like an, a Shin Megami Tensei game on anything but Sony or Nintendo device. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They, and this is, like Bam Bam said, this is, uh, no, um, Persona 4 Golden released on PCS. So, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but but if we, if we talk about consoles, then yes, it's just uh, confined to PlayStation and Nintendo. That might change in the future, though. I can see that coming. We'll see. Microsoft ponies up enough money, probably. E yes, I would say that after Sony completely annihilating their Japanese audience, Atlas might look to xbox as well yeah that's for sure so then again they might just double down on nintendo yeah that might be also the case but if they do good on them because it's a healthy work relationship we we got like uh tokyo mirages oh, yeah, out yeah, of it session. that 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 was a fantastic one so or the smt4 which was phenomenal on the ds and then the remaster on 3ds so I, I take I take that working relationship any day. We can, if there's nothing else to add, we can go to Avengers. And Our favorite topic. 
<laughs> favorite topic. Avengers. Well, take it away. Beautiful game. Uh, so apparently Avengers has come out recently, recently with the uh, free update for the actual game, which is going to be for the new generation of consoles. It's a long overdue update because, as we all know, the game came out with some issues on in terms of uh, performance can they uh, finally reach a stable 30 frames this is the true question apparently so it's i don't know it's just the the optic is not out yet i believe oh it, no yeah it's actually out already it does feel and plays a lot better i mean i'm not entirely sure if i couldn't say it's a stable you know like 4K 30 FPS. I think it still drops frames, or I can say it. <laughs> on their defense, I got to say it's it's got to be really difficult to because Avengers does something that I don't see on many other games, which is uh, they really allow a lot of things to happen on the screen at the same time. You know, a lot of games kind of like limit, you know, the enemies um, because I, I do know this. I don't know why, but I keep bringing back. Bungie and Destiny for some reason every single week. But I do know this because, uh, you know, one of the interviews on one of the developers on, on Bungie, on Destiny, they actually mentioned that they have, like, basic, they basically limit the amount of enemies that appear on the screen at some point, uh, for example, during raids and stuff, because of the performance issues. Yeah, it's called optimization. Yeah. Well, still, it, it doesn't matter how good optimized you know how well optimized the game might be you may run into that kind of issues if you if you try to put you know a lot of things on the screen at the same time yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like because that's that's what you call optimization that's why they do it that's why they limit stuff so i i guess with marvel they're just trying to do too many things in my opinion they're just trying to put uh, you know a ton of enemies and abilities and exploding stuff and you know so it's it's gonna it's gonna still you know have some issues but it definitely looks a lot better than they used to be in the past. Also, they have released a new character, and there is some end quote unquote end game, which I am not entirely sold out on. And I still think they need a lot more work on it. So, I mean, the update overall is good. They is free. They they claim it. It's a free update. Obviously, it's. It's got to be free. I paid for the game already. And the jump of the new generation is not, you know, it's not that. It's not a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox, you know, 360 and Xbox One. This generation feels like it's more like a transition rather than a brand new full-on console or anything. So there is a lot of games that just, you know, upgrading the graphics. At least they're not making you pay for it in advance, <coughs> FIFA. Like other games, they're making you pay extra money just to upgrade <laughs> Call of Duty. And, you know, I got some really bad cough this week, man. So it's just that they really, you know, they really just came out with the update and said, you know, there you go. Performance update, uh, extra new superhero. Um, you know, it's all free at the end of the day. They are doing a bit of, you know, quality of life improvements and they are heading the right way. They just need to polish them. Just, they just need a little bit of more, a little bit more time, in my opinion. I think they're, they're heading the right way, though. It could be worse. Could be anthem i don't know what you guys think about it i mean it is literally anthem but <laughs> it's at least anthem, they it, at least they didn't abandon it when it stumbled out of the gate and stumbling is putting it mildly i mean i personally have zero interest in playing these kinds of games that's just me i hope they can turn avengers around and make it maybe an enjoyable game at the end of the day and hopefully get their player base back on the other hand i 
do see that uh, live service games are more and more failing. We had Anthem, we had Division 2 not performing as well as the first one, and we have now Avengers. And hopefully, just saying it uh, this way, or I'm putting it this way, people will learn from these mistakes, people will look at it, and people will, if you want, like, if you're, like, a gamer who likes to grind these kinds of games, like Val, I just hope for you, you get a game you deserve. Like, a good game that is good right out of the gate, that doesn't have issues like Anthem did, or Avengers did, or Division 2 did. I mean, it falls, right? We don't talk about that. <laughs> Because Fallout 76 was the nuclear blast of uh, live service games, unintended. Not not worse than Anthem. I think Anthem has been the worst AAA release in history. Yes, it is. And And it will be for a very long time, I think. (laughs) Yes, and it was so embarrassing for everyone involved that EA told Bioware basically Dragon Age 4 doesn't have to be a live service game anymore. Anthem became the castle bravo of game industry yes and i would i don't know if you said that but somebody told me that anthem is probably an even bigger flop than et was yeah i would say it doesn't have the same impact because the gaming industry is too big but from the sheer scale and magnitude and what was involved it is just the biggest bomb the game industry has ever produced yeah that, that in my opinion like et obviously will i think just et and anthem will be on the same discussion if we're talking about worst gaming wars you know not the worst games in history you know the biggest flops in history yeah so they're gonna be both of them is gonna be et and anthem anthem will be there from now on Always. And E.T., everyone that obviously with a certain age and a bit of knowledge about gaming will know about E.T. I obviously have played myself because it was my time. Obviously, the younger younger generation will never play it and will never see it. Or if they know anything about gaming, they will uh, know the E.T. Is, is, you know, it was the biggest flop. And now it's going to be Anthem on the same conversation. Obviously, E.T. was a flop on its time which wasn't even a 20th of the money that Anthem has cost the company and to the developers and to the studio. Like, that Anthem has been in the works for more than five years. It's like, if you think about it, it's five years of someone's life working on something. You release it, and one year later, it's cancelled. I mean, there was a recent watch video which essentially was tracking how Bioware, the developer behind Anthem, was Uh losing developers along the development of Anthem. Uh-huh. And over the five-year period, apparently they dropped about 150 to 250 developers. Most of the uh, they lost also some of the most senior staff, like people that have been working at Bioware for over, over 15, 17 years, just because of like how stressful or how bored the development of Anthem was. Oh, still, I don't know. I I feel bad just not only because I wanted the game to perform well and I wanted the game to be good. And obviously to have an alternative to a game like Destiny, you have something different and still shoot aliens in the face. It's just, if I feel, I feel really bad for those people, you know, for the, the you know, the, the guys who have been on that uh, studio working on that game, you know, passionate about the game. And it's not, you know, it's not a game like, I don't know, how long did E.T. take? Was it? Less than a year we made about eight months. I think last time I heard it was about yeah. eight months it took them to to make it. I mean, it's eight months. I mean, it's still it's, it's a long time. But 
imagine you sitting down every single day for five years to make a game and then it will that game will be remembered as the biggest flop in history that that must feel really bad regarding you know the same subject that we're talking about you know uh, marvel avengers it's the same thing that uh, you know orko has mentioned it, it kind of yeah it kind of seems like avengers is heading that way but with this update is they kind of like turning the boat a little bit into you know i've seen a few people coming back to marvel avengers it's not enough i've got to say it it is not enough to bring people back i mean they, they still they, have a lot of work to do yeah i mean they did lose about 96 percent of yes player base. that's it, it's like it can't get any worse i mean it can get worse yeah. Can I mean I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that. Uh, fingers crossed. It, it, yeah, I mean it's it, it's very very difficult to get worse than that. Some of the player base has come back a little bit with the update. It's just you know it's improving its quality of life, which is what the game needs. Now the game needs content. You get the quality of life stuff, which is you know you need to make gear more relevant. We've I think the skins system is a bit weird. I don't know where to take the skin system. It's kind of confusing. At the same time, you know, I'm paying for a AAA game, but then I have a skins, like a free-to-play game, and I have to pay for this. And then you can still earn some of the skins with the in-game currency, which you fairly earn, you know, like you kind of can get that with, a, you know, a bit of an investment, time investment into the game. You can actually acquire most of the skins uh, through the store. But at the end of the day, I think my biggest issue is you know the there is nothing to chase at the end game there is nothing to do there is no challenges there is only the same quests over and over and over again which is not what this type of games is meant to be those type of games have to be uh, made with something to not just to chase you got to give diversity to the to the you know the person that is playing the game if you uh, let you know if you Force the person that is playing the game to be playing the same quest five times after they finish the campaign. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, that's what yeah. the game, on, it, on its core, is missing. Then we can talk about, we. I think we actually discussed this on the previous podcast that we actually did about Marvel Avengers. We were discussing Marvel Avengers. And I think it was Orko Saros who was mentioning the uh, heat detection and the, you know, the whole movement and everything was a bit off and it wasn't as responsive and it should be. Obviously, those are things that, you know, they're still improving on. Um, you know, they will be better in the future. I hope so. But in my opinion, it's the end game. That's, that's what us kind of like the people like me that like I know a lot of people don't like this word, but it's the, the the looters. You know, these are looters games. These are games that you have to spend your life on, quote unquote. You know, it's not it's 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 not a game that you can pick up and put down in one hour. It's a game that you need to invest a, a couple of hours, three hours every day. You know, you get stuff and then you get gear, you level up and you get more powerful. Those are very grinding games, you know, looter games. And it, it needs, you know, it needs diversity at the end game because the story, the campaign is very, you know, it doesn't matter how good, how bad it is. If you have created a game that is meant to be a grindy, you know, a looter game, which your aim is to be the best, you know, a setup for this ability or the best setup for this other ability with your, you know, ability and mods and stuff like that, then you need to give those people, you know, the end game has to be very important. You have to give those people a good, you know, amount of activities at the 
at the end after the campaign. They are trying to fix it. I haven't like um, unfortunately the one thing I have to say I have not seen a single end game activity yet as new activity on Marvel Avengers. I think they're still working on it and they're doing something, but there is nothing yet. They have released a new character, which is really cool. Is the I believe is the female version of Hawkeye, isn't it? Kate Bishop, yeah. So it's Kate Bishop. It's great. I mean one new character, you know it's all free. And you can play, you can get all the stuff, but yeah, it's still it's still missing that extra bit. I mean quality of life features which is quite upgrade on graphics and everything which feels really good that's good to know so avengers is on track hopefully like i already said i hope they can bounce back at least for people who wanted to play this game who wanted to like this game i give at least kudos to one thing that square enix hasn't abandoned it already right out of I the gate excuse me Orko. i think square enix is putting some good work on some games lately they they always have they never have been one publisher that flat out does only release bad titles but what what i commend them for is that they don't give up on adventures at least not for now at least they try to bounce back with it as hard as it is that that's the one thing the one positive thing i can go out yeah, yeah i think it's now pretty much just the decision on the side of the investors if they're gonna i think next year it's gonna be something similar to what happened this year to anthem where if they're not gonna be able to turn it around into a profit i think investors might push them to actually exit the game at some point. But we'll see what the future holds. For now, the game is kind of in limbo. Square Enix is working on it, and we'll see how it goes. We keep on reporting. With that being said, if there isn't anything to add, I would wrap up. Then this was Orcocast 39. Thank you for listening. You all have been amazing audience. Lord Val, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Lord Val Gaming, also on YouTube, exact same name, Lord Val Gaming, and on my socials, we got uh, Twitter, it's Lord Val Twitch, and TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, Lord Val Gaming. And if you're looking for copyright-free music uh, to use on your streams, or YouTube, or your podcast, or anywhere else, on the car, everything. Just search Lord Val Gaming on any music streaming platform and all that music is copyright free. Completely DMCA strikes free. And you can find me on Twitch, The Orcosaurus, Twitter, The Orcosaurus, Instagram, Orcosaurus. I'm also on YouTube, Orcosaurus, very important. And I basically on every platform there is as Orcosaurus or The Orcosaurus. Just search me and find it out. And with that being said, Bam Bam is being in a dark corner, yes, like always. The dark corners of the earth. Exactly. Great game. And with that being said, I bid thee a farewell. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Tell us how terrible we are in the comments or how much you love us. We take it all. Take good care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.